<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, May 10, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 477 of the Biden-Harris administration, 179 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go. Buzz is on vacation this week, so sitting right over there, it's Rocky Mountain Mike. Shit, I played the wrong thing. Yeah, there we go. Mike. <laughs> Already starting yes. a perfect show, aren't we, Mike? Yeah, well, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, it's usually Buzz Burbank sitting here on Tuesday, but Bob was forced to use Plan B. Yeah. There you go. So speaking of abortion, uh, Microsoft has just announced it will pay travel costs for its employees seeking an abortion. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that involves Clippy. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You know what? There was a fire here in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but I waited until uh, my book about the fire was released to call the fire department. <laughs> that seems to be the trend these days. Yeah. yeah good job. And uh, Ted Cruz says, uh, unlike the Kavanaugh uh, lawn protesters, yeah. the January 6th protesters were, quote, peaceful. Uh-huh. But someone has already taken a shit all over that theory. More <laughs> The Bob Seska Show. All right. He's at it again. Launching missiles into Mexico and whatever. Would you like to hide that trunk in a padded room? Could we just decide to like him away real soon? He could gloat and tweet and brag about inaugural size. Tell him goodbye. You, Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah. The not smarter than a fifth grader dimension. <laughs> One of my Featuring, favorites. Featuring uh, Marion Ann Arbor. Marion Ann Arbor. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. 
So, Mike, uh, thank you again for stepping in for Buzz. Thanks and, for having me. And, yeah, and, this and is thank fun. you, thank you for the lovely jokes. That's uh, always a great way to start the show. I, and I needed it. I really needed it today because I'm feeling logy. I'm feeling uh, a little bit slow in the uptake, and I'll tell you exactly why. I mentioned last week. I forget which show last week, but they're jacking up our rent here by like 26 percent, which is just absolutely insane. So, mm. as a consequence of that, Kimberly and I have decided that. A year from now, we're going to move to another apartment, to someplace in the D.C. Metroplex, of course. But obviously, we have to uh, uh, get ready for that big you know, event that's going to occur a year from now. It's going to be hanging over my head for the entire year. And so last night, I had my first series of moving anxiety nightmares. Uh, what it was is... I was in the process of uh, bringing the movers in and the movers were packing up and they were dumping shit all over the place and knocking over oh, books and be- uh, boxes were falling apart and they almost get finished and I realized, oh shit, I haven't packed my office yet. So the, the movers are getting ready to leave and this is all in this ridiculous dream that I'm having and I haven't wow. finished packing yet and so, wow. uh, yeah, so was, there was the scramble for that and then no matter and, where... And your and your record was running out. That's right. right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I have moved so many times in the last 10, 15 but, um, years. Honestly, do you actually use movers? Do you actually hire movers? I do, I do because oh, I'm, man. I'm you, a rich person super there, lazy. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used oh, to. I, I used to do it myself but then that became just such a that's it was an additional headache i'm i'm willing to pay for the convenience of having movers come in yeah, and haul i my actually shit away. you know what i've i've done that a couple of times yeah, and yeah, yeah it is worth it because especially the packing right that just seems to take forever oh yeah 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 uh, usually and the last time i moved was three years ago uh and that one doesn't count because i had two months to pull it off it was mm-hmm. when i bought this house but uh usually when i move like from one state to another um, I usually take it would usually take me four full days to pack everything. It's uh, it's a goddamn chore. It's riddled with anxiety, at least for me, because I've done it so many times. When I lived in Hawaii for five years, I moved five times just in that five year span. And then the, the move out to Hawaii wasn't the most painless thing in the world because you know you're going out to the middle of the Pacific Ocean, so there's a, a quite an ordeal that goes along with that. And in fact, you know what? I've been here in the same apartment Kimberly and I have for four years. In my entire adult life, that is the second longest span of time I've lived in one place. That gives you an idea of yeah. how often I have moved. I think that's maybe that's why you and I relate because yeah. um, uh, I, I, I don't even know. I, I've lost track. I mean, yeah. uh, I know that I have lived in no less since since I was 21 years old. I have lived in no less than 40 different places. Oh, God. Yeah, it's just not its not a fun process. So that's where I am right now. In fact, at one point, I woke up and I, I was so sweaty from having this dream that I had to go change my shirt. That's pretty gross, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, but yeah, yeah that's... Well. That's the uh, that's the moving anxiety. At least it was sweat in your dream. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, welcome aboard. You can find Rocky Mountain Mike on Twitter at Rocky MNTN Mike, etc. And of course, you know him from the Stephanie Miller show and uh, and so on his photography and whatnot. So, uh, but thank you again for uh, sitting in for Buzz uh, today. Uh, we're hoping he's going to be back next Tuesday, although it's in the midst of returning from vacation so we'll see depends uh, on whether or not he can get into wally world <laughs> that's 
right. That's exactly where he's going. He's taking the whole tribe cross country and the family truckster. He's got the whole thing mapped out. He's going to stop by to see Aunt Edna on the way. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're continuing on here with our coverage of this uh, Supreme Court Dobbs decision and the apparent end of uh, abortion rights, reproductive rights in uh a good chunk of the country uh, and depending on how the next two elections go could be the entire country tucker carlson uh last night on his show was reacting to some of the protesters who showed up outside brett kavanaugh's house and outside i think sam alito's house is the other one and we're talking about peaceful protesters in the street it's not like they're on his lawn or on his front step they're in the street very orderly very peaceful. I mean, they're chanting and they're there, but it's not like there's a mob of 700 people. It's just it's a relatively small group of protesters. And I understand that they, that uh, when someone flashed the finger, that was like over the top, and that was enough. He couldn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like okay, so who who exactly shit in Alito's front you know room or his, his living yeah, yeah. room or something you know like yeah well that's kind of how Tucker Carlson was behaving as if that actually happened Mike you'd think by the way he's talking here in this very brief clip that he's going to go to some sort of grisly scene where someone's been murdered yeah. and their body parts. Your discretion and, is advised. Yeah, he's like, okay, you know, this is going to be disturbing, so get small children to look away as we show this clip. Here's Tucker Carlson completely blowing the protesters out of proportion. We hesitate even to bring you these pictures because they're so awful, but it's happening and you should see what it looks like. These are oh protesters. This is the mob. The mob. Outside Justice Samuel Alito's <laughs> home in Virginia. They're disgusting. They're disgusting. We'll continue <laughs> to monitor that throughout the hour. A disgusting mob standing yeah. there peacefully saying... Stop yeah, telling us what to do with They're all wearing fuck your feelings t-shirts and he can grab my <laughs> pussy anytime t-shirts. That's right, that's right, yeah. That's, yeah, that, I mean, it's, that level of disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like they're standing there in a relatively small group, not damaging property, not engaging in violence, not beating cops to death, not attempting to hang the vice president, not attempting to overthrow Congress. They're just standing there, and Tucker Carlson defines them as a disgusting mob. And the funny thing about that, if there is anything that's funny about it, is the fact that he's saying all of that, that we just heard him say, this disgusting mob. You might want to look away because it's so disturbing. And the video that he's showing side by side with his stupid fucking prepubescent face is just the protesters standing there. In fact, there was one shot where they were absolutely quiet they weren't saying a word they were just standing there mouths shut eyes open just in the street in an orderly way it's not like they're tearing down trees and they're uh throwing rocks through windshields none of that is happening but yeah but if you're if you're into tucker porn that's true yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right but i always think at some level are the red hats who are watching a clip like that on some level, are they going, well, wait, hang on a second. What are you saying, Tucker? Because it's not matching with the video that you're also, it doesn't make any sense, Tucker. I, I want to think on some level, and maybe that's what's fucked up about me, 
that, yeah. <laughs> that I think. Well, see, you know, my neighbor across the street has bona fide racist c- credentials. You know, he's the nicest guy in the world to me. And he and he's nice to the, you know, African-Americans in the neighborhood. Yeah. But he tells me racist stories, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And even he and his wife, yeah, Tucker, he's, no, nah, we don't really particularly care for that. You yeah, know? So, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's heartening. But, you know, and, and I'll go on record as having said in the past that I'm not a giant fan of making these protests too personal, like going up to people in restaurants or even going to their homes. But at this point, with this decision, the way it stands right now, where they are basically striking the idea of a right yeah. to privacy from the Constitution. Well, and, and they don't deserve it because of the decision. They deserve it yeah. because they fucking lied. Well, that's, that's true, That's why too. they deserve it. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. not, it's not, there's this completely illegitimate the way they've gone about doing this. It's not only illegitimate, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Well, when they're telling uh, uh, girls as young as uh, eight or nine that they're going to have to bear their rapist's child, for fuck's sake, and that women of reproductive age no longer have privacy over their uh, reproductive organs or their reproductive decisions— uh, th- then everything is on the table. You take away that right yeah. to privacy. And look, don't be surprised when people show up on the street outside your suburban home. Th- well, and the, uh, the, uh, this law in Louisiana, they're banning hormone, uh, um, what is it, Horm- hormone uh, protecting, you know what I'm talking about, the... The, the trans, their anti, it's the anti-trans oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hormone blockers. They're trying to the block hormone hormone blockers, hormone yeah. Blockers, I'm yeah. sorry. My, my, I, had a, I had a brain blocker. <laughs> but uh, it just so happens my granddaughter needs those. Yeah. Because yeah. she started going into pu- puberty at age five. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've and, never heard uh, of that. That's incredible. Yeah, it's 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 really it's you know bless her heart. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. to uh, to be going through that and, that, and she needs those. And and in Louisiana, my daughter would be arrested for uh, for buying them. Does she get uh, teased or bullied in school because yeah, of that? Yeah. Well, she so. she you know she's put on weight, so yeah. she she it's mostly because of that. Um, and you know, oh, kids are great uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's a, <laughs> uh, that's a really good way to illustrate the point that I don't think the. And Republic- my daughter is is my daughter is like your original dyed in the wool, uh, you know, Franklin Graham kind of uh, yeah um, evangelistic right winger. Interesting. Wow. Uh, and so I've never I haven't broached this subject with her, you know, mm-hmm. because you know. But the Republican Party itself and sure. the white yeah. Christian evangelicals who have been pushing the, the, for the majority the of the growth, bell curve, yeah. yeah, yeah, they don't understand the myriad problems that this brings up. What they're focused on solely is save the fetus. They don't care about any other extenuating circumstances right. surrounding that. It's or the this cult. whole thing that Fugelsang always brings up: who yeah. do you charge for what, and how much of a term do you give them? Yeah, if you'll pardon the expression of, you know, of the doctor, of, of, of in the case of rape, the yeah. rapist and the mother, you know, they, you know, they haven't thought through any of that. Mm-hmm. They haven't thought through shit. Yeah. If they, anybody who's thought through anything doesn't fucking vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. And then when they do think through things, it comes up looking absolutely screwy. Like I, I spent a good long time this weekend reading through the uh, draft opinion from Sam Alito and he brings up this term, which is so baffling to me. On multiple occasions in this decision, he mentions potential life. What the fuck is potential life? 
Does that mean sperm? Are sperm potential life? Are eggs potential life? What is potential life? What does that even mean? If life begins at conception, when the hell does potential life begin? Are you mean to tell me that if potential potential life uh, begins uh, when your when your browser opens Pornhub? <laughs> But, I mean, it raises all kinds of ridiculous hypothetical situations. Like, what if a couple is planning to have sex with the goal of having a child, and at the last minute they decide not to? Have they just preemptively aborted a child? I don't know. Is that potential life? What are the, what's going on here? There are so many existential questions regarding uh, you know, that's this. The thing, that's the thing that baffles me about this whole opinion is yeah. um, here, you're, here you're doing this historic thing. And the reasons they're citing and the, you know, the things that they're citing are just fucking, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. outer space yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. What he's looking for is he's looking for some way, Sam Alito is looking for some way to justify his paleoconservative ideas about abortion and about women in particular. And so he spends a good long chunk of this decision going through all of these arcane ideas, some from the 15th century, and, 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 SNL and, you know, did a great job. And in, yeah. see what's this, and in doing that, it's just like the state's rights thing yeah it's like there he has all this crazy crap in there but then they ultimately say the reason that they want to do this is because it's not in the constitution it's not written law yeah it shouldn't have ever been decided by the courts mm -hmm. and it should be a state's thing that you know they it, it those are fine arguments i understand that but then to throw in this fucking 17th century guy or whatever it was the <laughs> you know the the Salem witch hunt guy or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And SNL did a great job satirizing that in their cold open the other night. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about a Supreme Court justice in 2022 saying, hey, look at the precedent from 400 years ago, 500 years yeah, ago. I know, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> yes, it's incredible. He might as well, he, he might as well have cited, uh, you know, he might as well have cited Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, when you see him repeatedly <laughs> quoting... Uh, the word fetus when it's got an O in it. Yeah, you're pretty uh, certain that he's uh, really digging deep into the slag heap of bullshit from the past in order to justify this current thing. Like the idea is, has at any point people in the United States ever considered this to be a natural right to be able to have abortion? Well, my answer is no, because in 1861, <laughs> this asshole said something about the quickening in the womb and, you know, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And it's so, such, so, you know, yeah. what, so what do you do about gene splicing? You know, <laughs> exactly. what, what do they have to say about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have made so much progress as a society, maybe not so much politically, but as a society, we've made some significant progress since even the middle sixties, since in, in the span of my lifetime alone. I mean, I remember, and this is, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here, but I remember being 12, 13 years old and driving to my grandparents' house and seeing signs for Sambo's Restaurant up and down 95. Like, oh my God, that was a real thing in our lifetimes. And we have made such significant progress in terms of the culture in the United States. And that is, I think, in large well, part- Well, speak for yourself, Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, as, as, as one who has attended the county commission meetings to try to get our goddamn Confederate statue out of the uh, courthouse square. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Well, there are some places where they're still hanging on, hanging on to that old shit, right? The fotis yeah. in the womb and the quickening and all that bullshit. Uh, yeah, and see, that's the deal. I mean, you expect that yeah. from a stupid Hick County Commission, but you don't expect that from the goddamn Supreme Court. That's the deal. Yeah, well, what's kind of amazing to me in all of this, and this is a detail that, again, something that I don't think the Republicans have fully considered in all of this, and that is that, and obviously there are a lot of more important things that uh, are, are points of consideration in this issue, but the fact remains that I think a lot of Republicans are pro-choice but don't actually realize it. Because, as I said to Jody last week, you can be pro-life and pro-choice. You can be anti-abortion and pro-choice at the same time. That is logically possible. And well, my, my, my girlfriend's uh, oldest daughter... Yeah. Um, who uh, you know has home homeschool the kids and then send them to a private Christian school mm-hmm. uh, is as she's as much a church lady as you can imagine. <laughs> but they had to have in vitro to have kids, and yeah. so that means that they had to throw away fertilized embryo. There you go. Yep, that's so, another one. That's a that's a huge one. In fact, I've been asking that question for some time now. I don't think anyone has an answer to that. I don't think any Republicans have an answer to what happens to fertility clinics who you know routinely freeze or destroy actual embryos. So that's another big question mark in all of this. Do fertility clinics start to start to shut down? And what do red state couples do if they're unable to conceive? What do they just prey on it and hope that something happens? I don't know. I don't know what There'll the solution is. There'll be an underground are. railroad. Yeah, probably. Well, you know what? That's not too far off. I think the underground railroad thing is uh, pretty accurate in terms of not only getting uh, morning after pills, emergency contraception to women in states now that are starting to ban those even. Hey, that's why that's why God invented drones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to start doing something along those lines. And I keep thinking about what the federalism consequences are of, say, for example— Uh, The federal government going in and setting up, I don't know, military bases in some of these trigger law states and providing abortion services in those military bases. And that raises the question, well, we can't do that unless we overturn the Hyde Amendment first, because you can't have federal spending on abortion services because of the Hyde Amendment. So you got to overturn the Hyde Amendment. How do you do that? And if you can get to the point where you're reversing the filibuster in order to overturn the Hyde Amendment, why not just codify Roe? Why not just codify reproductive rights into I, law? I can, I can envision uh, thousands of RU486 uh, doses being delivered in Los Pollos Hermanos shirt in the trucks, you know, like... <laughs> Across the border. Yes, that's right. Empire is built up. You know what? That's not even a joke. That's actually going to happen. That's going to be one of those things. There's going to be a whole black market for uh, abortion pills, for morning after pills, emergency contraception, smuggling uh, young girls, especially over the border. Uh, Midas Touch did a video along those lines last week yeah, in reaction that. to all of this. A very compelling video, in fact. But going back to uh, uh, Republicans being pro-choice, I've been collecting some quotes over the years where staunchly anti-abortion Republicans have actually derped their way into saying that they're pro-choice. Michelle Bachman years ago said this, and this I think this is over the debate around uh, the Affordable Care Act. Michelle Bachman said, we want women to make their own choices in health care. We want mm-hmm. women to have their own choices. And there's much more to that quote, but I just highlighted the key thing where she just repeats the word choices over and right. over again. Sarah Palin, around the same time, 
I'm saying that personally, I would counsel that person to choose life. And I understand. Well, then the just, you don't have to go back that far. Just go back to the masks a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. People were saying. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Palin also said, we're proud of Bristol's decision to have her baby. And again, the key word there is decision that she. Yeah, yeah. Like, was oh, able that's great. That's great. She had a choice. Decide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Lauren Boebert on Sunday, Mother's Day, said uh, on this Mother's Day, I want to thank my mom for choosing life. So, once again, the word choosing in there, indicating that she likes the idea of there being a choice. You know, right. uh, well, she didn't. So, evidently, she didn't choose for the child to have a brain, but, you know. It's <laughs> true, yes. Uh, but she does acknowledge the fact that her mom made a choice. And the question then remains well, do you want that choice taken away? Do you seriously want it taken away? Because this is such a gigantic leap toward all-out theocracy in this country. Charlie Pierce on uh, Stephanie's show this morning was saying, yep, they're going after, what did he say? They're going after Obergefell next. Because usually Charlie's been saying, oh, it's going to be Griswold next. But today he said it's going to be Obergefell, which would then reverse same-sex marriage. Uh, if there is a, of course, a challenge to that law, and it makes its way to the Supreme Court, so I got to think in terms of a generational thing, though, the, the, the blowback on this is going to happen for decades. Yeah. That they have client, they have finally got what they want, and and this is this and tax cuts is all that they've got, and right. so once they get it. Where are they going to get support from people? They're not going to be able to say the big bad Democrats are baby killers anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, or I don't know, maybe they'll maybe they'll try to still make that argument. But by overplaying their hand like this, it's it's a lot of people are starting to see now. Oh, wait a minute. There is a difference between the two parties. And you know what? In that respect, there is a bit of a silver lining here. And Kimberly was saying on uh, Friday's after party about how uh, in a strange way, she's glad that they just went ahead and reversed it entirely instead of sort of incremental things because now what it's going to do is going to stir a lot of people into action at least that's the hope that a lot of people who were heretofore uh staying on the bench are now going to be uh, hitting the uh, hitting the field and uh you know going out to vote and, and participating where they might not have participated otherwise and that the, could change the, the decision the decision kind of like vietnam yeah the decision is going to make it hip to get involved and vote. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the hope. And I mean, that's the, again, that is the positive action that will come out of a fucking nightmare. But you know what? I say that, and then when they made the, the voting age 18, yeah. fucking 18-year-olds didn't vote anyway. So Right, right. You know, and it's, it's, we're screwed. <laughs> and the other thing is, Mike, is we can absolutely count on Mitch McConnell to overturn the filibuster in order to uh, pass a national ban on abortion. That is going to happen, irrespective of of what he said. I have uh, the quote here, but I also have the sound. Here's Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate yesterday. Oh, wait. I. <laughs> this is that's, a way. I, that's very I, too complimentary. I picked the wrong turtle. Yeah, there he goes. I, yeah, I got to let him finish. Okay, so thank you. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. Actually, what he said was, I will never, ever support smashing the legislative filibuster on this issue or any other. Democrats want to wreck our institutions over their fringe position that Americans do not share. The radicals are running the show. 
yes, the radicals who want purview over their, you know, uteruses. That's <laughs> that's a, an amazing yeah. thing. But he, yeah, and, yeah, for him to call anything radicals is just, yeah. I, I don't believe him any more than I can throw his car, you know, or throw his soiled <laughs> or croc sh- or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously lying. He's done this before. He's promised things, said things that he's all like, did I say that? I didn't say that. I'm doing something different here. The parameters are slightly different now. Isn't he going to be surprised when there really is a God, you know, and he has to go meet him? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to be there for that meeting. <laughs> like to see that one. Yeah, going back to uh, Griswold, as we were discussing a second ago, uh, which is the the Supreme Court ruling that legalized contraception in this country. In Mississippi, which is ground zero for this current Dobbs ruling, the Mississippi governor now is refusing to rule out a contraception ban. They're using weasel words and being a-holes about this. Like, uh, hey, what's the deal with this uh, law? Why did you guys pass this law banning abortion after whatever it is, 15 weeks, I think it is? And he said, well, yeah, we passed that because the legislature voted to pass it. Well, thanks for that insight, Mr. (laughs) Governor. Uh, But yeah, this guy, uh, Tate Reeves, who sounds like he should be organizing a posse, doesn't he? Tate Reeves. (laughs) Like a or swamp a coon hunt, really. Uh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> well, on the on State of the Union, which is the CNN show, Reeves confirmed that if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, a trigger law passed in Mississippi in 2007 will go into effect that essentially outlaws abortion in the state, although it makes exceptions for rape and the life of the mother. I, if that's the concession. That's the thing that we got to be sure not to get ourselves too wrapped around, the idea of these exceptions. Because then if we're fighting for the exceptions... We're missing the larger idea of you know legalization and so on. I think the the democratic analog to that would be if the Supreme Court outlawed assault rifles that yeah. that blue states would have literal trigger laws <laughs> that, would, that right. would immediately. Well, he went on to say, he said, my view is that the next phase of the pro-life movement is focusing on helping those moms that maybe have an unexpected and unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, Tate. He said, uh, and while I'm sure there will be conversations around America regarding contraceptives, it's not something that we have spent a lot of time on. Well, it doesn't require Mm -hmm. weeks and weeks of deliberation. You either do or you don't. You either want to ban contraception or you don't want to ban contraception. It's not a matter of an ongoing argle-bargle back and forth between the Republicans. All you do is say, well, yeah, we're going to do this, and that's when we're going to do it. And and this all started 40 years ago with the moral majority and everything that's this is this was the thing that got them going and now that they've achieved it it's not nearly as popular as it was then you know abortion uh, people you know people that are pro choice far outnumber the number of people that were pro choice in 1980 oh yeah yeah and so they've kind of like gone off a cliff in a way and if they go after contraception they're just completely misreading the room, mm-hmm. and this is the definition of you know about playing of overplaying your hand. I just got to think that's what this is going to end up being. Which is why they're so elliptical when any, whenever someone asks them about yeah, what they yeah, support yeah. and what they don't support. Well, and, and that's why all they talk about is the fucking leak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I want to talk. You, you mentioned uh, support, uh, popular support, right now. I'm going to get into some uh, poll responses here from the CBS YouGov poll that just dropped. Uh, 
I believe this is uh, yesterday, in fact. I want to talk about that and uh, a whole lot more on this topic. And uh, maybe eventually we'll get to Steve Schmidt outing John McCain. Uh, Not outing John McCain in that way. I'm talking outing John McCain's links to the Russians. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Okay. So I don't know if you're into gambling, Mike. Uh, I am not. I am not into gambling at all. But I will wager that you're anyone who's got a credit card listening to my voice right now is paying around 20% interest on that credit card debt. If you're also making minimum payments every month, it's going to take years and years to pay off those cards. So why not spare yourself the ongoing nightmare and refinance your credit cards into a super low interest rate? And here's exactly how. With Lightstream, you can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's way, way lower than most cards, probably lower than what you're paying right now, which is around 19% APR. You get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees. The application is 100% on the internet, and you can even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day that you apply. And right now, you want to make sure you write this down, memorize it if you're in the car. Just for my listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sesca. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Link in the description under this episode at bobsesca.com. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash sesca for more information. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! All-time favorites all day long! I think my ears are bleeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, the great J. Rowe and the Master of One, brand new single called The In Between. Uh, link in the description under this episode to support J. Rowe. Yeah, one of our faves here in the show. Okay, bobseska.com slash music to submit your songs. Please do. My neighbors are banging on the walls. <laughs> yeah, mine too. 
yeah. So we just did an indie music countdown yesterday. All right. Uh, moving on here. Um, some uh, new poll results pretty much line up with everything that we've seen so far, which is to say that abortion is wildly popular in this country. We're talking about super majority support. If the support for abortion rights, the support for Roe v. Wade equated to votes in the Senate, we would have a filibuster-proof majority and then some. We're talking about 64% of Americans want to keep Roe v. Wade as is. Only 36% want to overturn. The nightmare scenario, though, is the fact that 36% is now controlling the 64%. That's not how democracy works. Democracy is majority rule, and this is not majority. This is a minority ruling the majority. Uh, Meantime, uh, among those wanting to keep Roe v. Wade, overturning Roe v. Wade would move the country in the wrong direction, 84%, be a danger to women, 82%, be dangerous for Americans' rights, 82%. So again, among the 64% that want to keep Roe as is, they also believe it's going to move the country in the wrong direction, it's going to be a danger to women, it's going to be dangerous for American rights. That last one is one of the more important uh, results. Meantime, if Roe v. Wade were overturned, uh, would it lead to more restrictions on birth control? 66% say it will, 34% say it will not. So it's pretty strong consensus here of a bunch of people saying the same thing, which is that contraception is next. Mike, we're headed into the every sperm is sacred phase. It's like the whole country has been taken over by Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was Hobby Lobby's argument, right? That they refuse to cover the contraception or they refuse to pay for the contraception coverage in the Affordable Care Act, which guarantees uh, free uh, uh, contraception, free emergency contraception as well for anyone that's enrolled in a health care They're grooming our young people with crafts. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the great irony And glitter and, and Elmer's glue. And that's one of the Supreme Court decisions that made me lose faith in the institution. Uh, not all of my faith, but a good, good chunk of it. And that was the Hobby Lobby decision, among many others. But that Hobby Lobby decision basically said that if you believe emergency contraception induces an abortion, then therefore it does. It's like magic. It, and none of the uh, forms of emergency contraception covered in the Affordable Care Act induce an abortion. How do we know this? Because if it did, it wouldn't be in the law because of the Hyde yeah, Amendment. Right? right, it would violate the Hyde Amendment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's a major thing that needs to get overturned. That's something that we need to talk about a little more as far as rolling back the law or passing something to improve conditions after this decision, is getting rid of that goddamn Hyde Amendment. That would open up a lot of options for the federal government, by the way, as far as protecting a woman's right to choose or a woman's right to have purview over her own body. Uh, Meantime, federal law making abortion legal, uh, 58% support that, uh, and only 42% oppose. Uh, so that's it. That's the latest CBS YouGov poll and the same shit that we all have seen time and time again. Abortion has consistently remained popular in this country. I mean, it's been there have been times when it's been touch and go. There have been times when it's pretty close to being more of a plurality, pretty close to being, you know, whatever, 48 to 47, something like that. But right now, and in many uh, occasions throughout the past 50 years, it has been wildly 
popular. And I know it seems crazy. Cra- oh my God, look at all these people who want to kill babies. There are broader issues at play, many complications that I think so many, uh, certainly on the Republican side, fail to understand. Uh, meantime, well, I, you know, and I, living in a, a red area, uh, even things that aren't political, yeah, I've discovered the layers of ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you. There are, there are different there are different kinds of ignorance and there's different kinds of ignorance levels. Yeah. And the ability to critically think is really kind of like I'm I'm starting to think maybe that was a thing that just never really was. You know, <laughs> yeah. like 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 we were just as ignorant 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In in terms of that, and we were just as much driven by slogans and th- falsehoods. And things like that, mm-hmm. you know, like like Barry Goldwater is going to nuke North Vietnam. Oh yeah, you know, yeah actually, yeah. I'm not so sure he wouldn't have. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but, I... but but you know what I mean? It, it's like um, I want to I want to trace this back to our educational system mm-hmm. and our inability to sort of like you said before to really think through this. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I've been lately. I've been I've spent three years in this little town now, and I. I think I can see that. I can see people who are not necessarily really dumb, but they just are not exposed to things that people in urban areas are regularly exposed to, or people that work for Fortune 500 companies uh, are exposed to in terms of diversity, or just in terms of language, yeah, and just in terms of how you express yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just see a rural kind of folks and red state kind of areas as being just more, much more reactionary. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're really ensconced in religious dogma, I think a lot of those areas are going to have a rude awakening with the consequence of this decision. I think what's going to happen is some areas, and particularly red areas, have taken this option for granted through the demagoguery and demonization of it all, through the politics of it, and they don't see it as a real-world option. And so as soon as they figure out, oh, wait, I'm pregnant— I have to have this baby now. I've got no other recourse. There is no other option for me. A sperm met an egg in my fallopian tube, and now I have to uh, carry this to term and yeah. birth it and care for it for 18-plus years. And the expense and the and the difficulty, especially if you're talking about a rape, and I think that's going to dawn on a lot of people who may not have otherwise considered uh, this as being a thing. And so, well, and this this gets back to healthcare in general. Yeah. I was talking about momentum in terms of public opinion. Yeah, uh, we are seeing now extremely red states expanding Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So, so this is going in the they're going the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> they're going You're in the going wrong the direction. Wrong yeah, yeah. You're doing it wrong. Um, and that's, uh, that's certainly a problem because, uh, it's, these people are asking for this kind of legislation. They're asking for these kinds of Supreme court decisions. And then now that it's finally happened, I think they're going to be like, uh, they're going to have one of those, Oh fuck moments when they realize, Oh, zero option. Oh, there's one option. I've got one option and one option exclusively. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Right. Well, meantime, uh, going back to the contraception issue, Arizona state candidate, Blake masters, Republican, Blake obviously. Masters. Yes. Middays here. At w- <laughs> <laughs> Is that your, your radio name back in 78, Mike? Is that yeah. what you- <laughs> Blake masters noon to three. <laughs> 
so Blake Masters, the Senate candidate in Arizona, states, I think it's, yeah, Senate, U.S. Senate candidate, said if elected, he will vote against judges unless they commit to overturning the 1965 Griswold v. Connecticut decision, which ends laws that banned contraception. The case helped establish the basic right to privacy. So yet another Republican saying the quiet part out loud. Oh, they're going to go on Fox News for the time being and say, well, I don't know. But meantime, you're going to yeah. have newbies and rookies. It's all part, of the, it's all part yeah. of the small government segment. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I've gotten to this point in the show and failed to mention that on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking to uh, our friend, the great Leah Torres, Dr. Leah Torres, who's oh, an yeah. OBGYN. And we've had her on the show a bunch of times uh, as part of her uh, medical services. She does perform abortions. And uh, right now she lives in a trigger law state. And so this is going to be a, a super important conversation to have with Dr. Leah Torres to get her perspective on this, what she plans to do next as a medical professional who has uh, who has performed these kinds of procedures. And so, you know, every time I talk to her, you know, and sometimes I go, should I even invite her on the show? Am I shining a spotlight on her that maybe could turn into something uh, disastrous? And I always worry. I always worry about Leah Torres. And, and so in that sense, I think she is incredibly brave. I mean, the very fact that she's coming on the show, speaking out publicly on Twitter and other podcasts as well, just underscores how courageous she is. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she is on the front lines. And I'm looking forward to having that conversation with her, despite the fact that I get really nervous for her. Okay, so that is uh, on tomorrow's show. Uh, meantime, this Louisiana bill would now allow murder charges for abortions. And up until recently, those kinds of laws have been strictly about the abortion doctors. Doctors like Dr. Leah Torres, for example. But this bill in Louisiana that was just recently introduced probably is going to pass, uh, would include women who have abortions. So what we're talking about, Mike, here, and let's boil it down to, let's say, a very uh, specific circumstance. Girls as young as third grade, eight, nine years old, even, you know, I, I guess in the case of uh, your, uh, who would you say, your niece? My or granddaughter. Your granddaughter, uh, five years old, um, depending on what kind of medical treatment she's getting, is capable of being pregnant. And so if you're talking about a third grader who, in the case of uh, the state of Florida, for example, can't discuss sexual identity in school by state law. However, if that third grader, let's say that nine-year-old who's gone through puberty, is capable of reproducing, is raped, she is now going to be forced by the state of Florida to uh, carry that child and birth that child child, even though it could be deadly for her. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It's not every state because there are concerns for health and safety of the, the pregnant woman or girl in this circumstance. However, how many abortion doctors, how many OBGYNs are going to be willing to perform abortions under any circumstances for fear of intense political and social scrutiny? from the rubes or whoever or inquiries about, oh, why did you perform that abortion? Are you sure that was going to be a threat? Can you prove that it was going to be? A 
I mean, the circumstances, again, we're talking about massively complicated, extenuating circumstances orbiting this. I mean, thousands well, of say this, this is why this is the myopia or, or tunnel vision we have in this country where we don't understand. Our, there's a whole couple of generations don't even understand why Roe v. Wade even happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Because of all the crap that. Mm-hmm. arose from having illegal abortions and things like that. Yeah. And they're 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 happily cheering the return of that stuff. It's just like uh, people that I used to complain about Gen Xers who didn't really understand you know, you know why we didn't kick ass in Vietnam and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. well, you know, or or why the why there were hippies in the first place. You know, it was well, because they were shipping your ass off to Vietnam, and we had real free speech problems in this country in the fifties mm-hmm. and early sixties, and so the whole liberal movement came out of that. Yeah, and they don't realize how bad it was before all that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In fact, we've been watching the uh, miniseries Gaslit on Stars, which is so incredibly entertaining and interesting. And of course, G. Gordon Liddy is front and center in this, which is uh, fascinating for me to look at, Buzz as well. And uh, yeah, you get the impression and the distinct impression, even beyond the history that we're familiar with, that things were extraordinarily different prior to Watergate. The, the changes that occurred structurally in the American government after Watergate were so incredibly necessary because guys like Liddy, guys like uh, John Mitchell and Magruder and all the rest of the Watergate plotters, they felt like they had carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they wanted. I mean, they were talking about kidnapping Democratic Party officials and renditioning them to Mexico. That was a real mm-hmm. idea that was part of Liddy's uh, Operation Gemstone. It was fucked yeah. up back then. Yeah. I and- remember seeing, uh, oh, God, who was the investigative reporter? Um, God, I can't remember his name now. Jack Anderson? Yes. I went and saw him yeah. give a speech once. And he talked about how Liddy had discussed putting LSD on the steering wheel of his car. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, I was, you know, oh, come on. But, but uh, you know, that was a deal. It Absolutely. Really Absolutely something that Liddy would do and something that he would have done had people around him not gone. I mean, he was too crazy for the crazy people. That's the thing about Gordon Liddy. Um, but you, going back to what you were saying about folks not understanding what this means or what Roe means in particular. Uh, You get a lot of talk from Republicans, a lot of demagoguery, a lot of screeching around the idea of late-term abortion. Late-term abortion is only a thing when there's a threat to the life of the pregnant mother. That's the only circumstance that late-term abortion occurs, and that's the only circumstance in which it's constitutionally protected. Because Roe v. Wade and then Casey after it, uh, well, first Roe v. Wade established the the trimester standard, where there were different rules based on which trimester the pregnancy was in. But then Casey established the viability standard, which said, okay, after this point, the fetus can live outside the mother, so therefore that's a viable fetus, or whatever you want to call it, once it's outside the womb, And so, therefore, you can't abort a viable entity like that. You just can't do it. And so, uh, Republicans are counting on the fact, though, that the suckers and rubes don't understand that distinction. And that, oh, late-term abortion, how great, oh, they're ripping. 40% 40 of them thinks Hillary eats babies alive anyway, so (laughs) it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, and just recently, Donald Trump, uh, throughout his four years, uh, through the 2020 campaign, maybe even still now, I haven't seen his latest rally, 
talking about how doctors are ripping babies, like uh, like nine-month babies, out of uh, uteruses and murdering them and, and torturing them and beating them, to whatever the fuck he thinks they're doing. And that is such a colossal lie, such a colossal myth that fails to understand the terms of these two landmark decisions. So it's, it's staggering to know how remarkably dumb and naive so many Americans are. And it, the Republicans are just seizing on every bit of that naivete, uh, every bit of that dumbness. Uh, meantime, uh, James Carville, uh, this is an important point to make. Uh, Carville was uh, on TV the other night talking about, you know, his usual thing where he starts screaming at Democrats. And he said, uh, based around this topic in particular, he said, today they have, and he means Republicans, have no fear of Democrats. That's why they do this. Democrats, you got to understand just what a huge event this is in American politics. Yeah, Democrats don't understand that this is a huge event. I think differently. I think most of us. Well, know. I think I think I think people who identify as Democrats understand. Yeah, yeah. But but so many people don't identify with either party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's that's the big problem is getting people who are so called independents. Yeah. To come to your side. Uh, Roe is, he said here, Roe is over two to one in approval and Alito and them said, we don't care. We're not fair and we don't care. And all the Democrats are going to do is sit around and talk about veganism and pronouns. And to some Mm -hmm. extent, that is a justified opinion that they have. You know what? The Democrats aren't sitting around talking about veganism and pronouns. That's a fucking... You know what? It almost doesn't matter whether they are or not, because a significant part of this country thinks they are. (laughs) You know, that's that's the image that is portrayed. That's a good point. And and unfortunately, it's... It is partly portrayed by a lot of Democrats, you know. Well, yeah. But that's not the that's not the mainstream of the Democratic Party by any means. Mm-hmm. But they've just allowed themselves to be portrayed that way. Well, it's a misapprehension because, uh, as as true as the perception might be of this, it's not like Eric Swalwell and Nancy Pelosi are having meetings, you know, on the House side saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's talk about veganism today. That's going to be the issue of the week, maybe." Uh, also, yeah. pronouns. Let's talk. What what's your pronoun it's that's you know, not that's happening not a, among democratic that's, leadership that's not a new thing though yeah, right? you yeah. know it's uh remember 9-11 and 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 what's his name drunky uh, puke shoes uh, <laughs> um oh, oh man the, he the, almost the, got the, the, he, he almost got me mike i almost spewed my coffee <laughs> thank you uh god i forgot his name oh yeah Dr- drunky pukes ronnie jackson uh, no, no, no. The, the Not, original drinking. <laughs> different. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the guy who, you know, somebody said, I am uh, the Congress or something. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, John Boehner? Kill me. Now, before him. <laughs> D- different like drunk. Thir- around the 2000s. We're just, we're just naming uh, drunks now. Drunk Republicans. Oh, crap. So people um, are, I just, I've, I have to turn in my Stephanie Miller card now because <laughs> I can't remember yeah, I'm not but, sure. But, you know, after 2001, he made this speech where he said, well, you know, Democrats want to reach out and uh, have, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, just like, in other words, just sort of reach out and understand the terrorists and stuff like this. I mean, uh, oh. it's just always been that way. Democrats oh, right, have always right. had to fight this perception yeah. that we just sit around and flower power and, uh, you know, veganism and pronouns and, yeah, yeah. and not deal with the real issues. 
Um, well, you know, I mean, granted, just... I mean, there are people on Twitter who talk about veganism and pronouns, and that's fine. I'm just saying that it's not, it's not democratic leadership. It's certainly not people running on these things. Uh, it's just a, it's, it's a it's a stereotype. That's all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and if that, if that's a stereotype. Fine, it's a stereotype, but it doesn't make it accurate. Uh, and so, but James Carville merely kind of reinforcing that stereotype. More to talk about here. Um, another kind of grisly aspect to all of this, as uh, w- women try to find uh, ways around these laws. Uh, already, plans are in place, and uh, ideas are being put on the table for how women can at least retain some sort of purview. Over their uh, over their bodies, we're going to talk about that, and uh, maybe a little bit about the Steve Schmidt thing with uh, John McCain and the Russians here. But first, okay, let's talk about a Patreon page, and I'm talking about my Patreon page. Unlike some podcasts, we got a couple of commercial breaks in our shows, like the one we're in right now. But here's the best way to listen to the Bob Seska Show without all those commercials. Just go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of this podcast and sign up for just $15 per month. So here's what you're going to get in exchange for your generous support. We're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday and Thursday shows, and the Shadow Docket bonus show will be included as part of that audio file. In other words, one mega show with a free portion and the Shadow Docket combined exactly how it's recorded, and no commercials in there, too. But wait, there's more things. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson included in that level of support, all for just $15 per month. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Bob Seska plays more music. Yeah, one of the greats here on the show. This is Betsy Aid and the well-known Strangers. Brand new single here called Working Man. 
uh, when I first saw it, I was like, are they covering Rush? Is that what this is? No. It's a brand new song, just happens to have the same name. And it is wonderful. The new album is called Dawn. I believe it dropped on Friday last week. Link in the description to support Betsy Aid and the well-known strangers here. Make sure to go to uh, bobseska.com. Click on the link for this episode. And we've got all the uh, all the linkage for you, including all of our indie bands here. All right, moving along here on the show. Tom today. DeLay. Tom DeLay, thank the, you. That was the drunky McPuke shoes I couldn't think of. The one of many <laughs> drunky McPuke shoes. Um, but there's a uh, another, in fact, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there's a Republican North Dakota state senator who's now linked to a convicted child pornographer. This is a brand new story that dropped, uh, I believe, yesterday. Uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota police and federal agents seized video discs and other items from the home of North Dakota's longest serving state senator after he had traded scores of text messages with a man jailed on child pornography charges. There's another one. Good God. But Hunter Biden's laptop. (laughs) Right. Thank you. According to a police report, a Grand Forks police detective and two Homeland Security special agents searched Ray Holmberg's home on November 17th. It came about three months after Holmberg exchanged 72 text exchanges with Nicholas James Morgan DeRossier as Morgan DeRossier was held in the Grand Forks County Jail. Just uh, just now learning about all of this. Uh, meantime, women are turning to sterilization. Not surprising at all that tubal ligation, having your, having your tubes tied, is going to be one of the only uh, uh, ways around this. While it's still legal. Because <laughs> I imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to be going after that next. They're looking to plug all the holes. They want to make sure that if you get pregnant, you so are going to carry that thing to term. No matter what you want, no matter what your life is, no matter what's going on around the circumstances with that pregnancy, doesn't fucking matter. Republicans are turning you into the uh, 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 the gestational birthing pods in, in the That's matrix. There's not, there's not enough white babies to adopt. That's right. There's, what was the language that was used by uh, Coney uh, Barrett? Yeah, our, uh, supply the supply of, of infants. infants. Domestic supply of infants. Jesus God. I yeah. hope that haunts her for the rest of her career. Domestic supply of infants. Good. Who thinks like that? Well, I guess we know. Supreme Court justices think like that. Meantime, uh, on a separate topic, Steve Schmidt. Someone pissed. Holy in, cow! Someone pissed <laughs> in Steve Schmidt's beer at some point last week because he's been going off on uh, gigantic tirades on Twitter, and in fact, I was almost the subject of one because I did. Really? Yeah, really? because. <laughs> I quote tweeted him. He was going off about Ruth Bader Ginsburg not resigning when she should have. Yeah. And I said, it's not valuable to go back and relitigate shit from 10 years ago. I remember that ago. tweet. I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, and I said, likewise, it's not relevant to go back and say that you were the White House point guy who got Sam Alito confirmed. And then I said, let's... <laughs> let's <laughs> kind of a little bit of a jab there. Kind of a little yeah, bit. No teeny kidding. tiny little yeah. jab there. But regardless, I said, look, that's not... I'm illustrating a point here. We don't want to relitigate the fact that you helped get Sam Alito uh, confirmed. What we want to do is focus on winning the next election and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that and get enough majorities here so we can roll this shit back and re-protect women's uh, rights in this country. And then he was like, okay, well, now I'm going to respond to you with an open hand. Oh, what does that mean? You're smacking me with an open hand or you're reaching out with an open hand? Regardless, he did a, like a 17-tweet thread 
uh, in response to me. And, wow. and he wasn't harsh against me the way he's been harsh against uh, over the past three or four days. Megan McCain Megan and McCain. now Sherry Jacobus is on the receiving end of uh, Steve Schmidt uh, right now. But the fascinating thing, I mean, I don't want to get into all of the stuff around Megan McCain. You can read about it on Twitter if you'd like. The most important aspect of this is Steve Schmidt is alleging here that the Russian connection to the Republican Party goes back at least as far as 2008. John McCain, who Steve Schmidt worked for famously, it's been documented in Game Change. We all saw it happen in real time during the 2008 election. Many of us were still covering politics back then. He's saying now that in that election, John McCain was getting all kinds of Russian money. He was uh, connected to Yanukovych, who was the president of Ukraine, who was in Vladimir Putin's back pocket. Right, right. This started, yeah, this began the American corruption in Ukraine. And then he's also connecting John McCain to Oleg Deripaska. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's alleging here in one of these tweets that John McCain was taken on Oleg Deripaska's yacht in Montenegro for his 70th birthday. So we're talking about a Republican Party that's in the back pocket of of Vladimir Putin back to 2008. And I think he was saying something else. I think he was mentioning some other possible candidate earlier than that. But what he knows for sure, I think, is that it was McCain. And then, you know, uh, I wonder how much of this just naturally flows from the way that the, uh, you know, the fossil fuel industry works. Uh, you know, how much how much of this uh, connection with Russia is, uh, you know, an upshot of that? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't ignore it because that's what makes the world go round. And I got to think that that's where most of this originates. Yeah, it's possible. I, I think he was also saying something about Bernie, too. So he's saying that maybe it's uh, not just... Not just the Republicans. By the way, it sounds like there's a drone hovering outside my window. It's the maintenance guys have come by with the weed whackers. So that's that's the noise. I was I was looking at my security uh, uh, cameras here, trying to make sure that it wasn't my house. But I'm gonna later. I'm gonna tell Kimberly that it's Roger Stone's drone spying on us. She's gonna she'll freak out because of that. It's your it's your RU486 drone. That'll be a fun that'll be a fun joke to play on Kimberly later. Um, But seriously, hey, you've got a Jetsons car. You might as well admit it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this. Uh, series of revelations from Steve Schmidt regarding Russia, Yanukovych, Deripaska, McCain, etc. Interesting to know this now. I mean, how long have we been talking about the Republicans in the back pocket of the Russians? We've been talking. I think about it's that interesting that the minute you start talking about the Russians, the drones show up. Yeah, isn't that funny? Isn't that weird? <laughs> I think it's. Tell you, Kimberly, next sound will be you throwing being thrown out of a window. So. It's it's Roger Stone coming after us. When I saw that, I that was definitely some jaw dropping stuff. Yeah, and uh, you know we need to know what's going on there. Yes, we do. And the thing is, the thing that pisses me off though is 
where has Steve Schmidt been with this? Yeah, I mean, I understand yeah. loyalty to McCain to an extent, but that loyalty seems as if it's on very, very thin ice, given the fact that uh, Steve Schmidt has now violated that loyalty and just been like, Well, and McCain died, things. too. That's another yeah. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, who's he staying loyal to, you know? And yeah. Why does it have to be a cat fight with Megan McCain that brings all this out? Boy, that's that's getting really loud outside my window, by the way. It's I don't know if you can bad. hear it. Yeah, it's not that bad. There it is. <laughs> Those are jetpacks. Is boy Elroy. Oh, finally it went away. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, but thanks for the information now, Steve Schmidt. We could have used this. This could have been appropriate. Maybe the... Uh, Maybe the 1-6 committee would be interested to hear this, or maybe the Justice Department, perhaps. It's illegal for Russia to be financing the Republican Party. Maybe they should look into this instead of... They're opening hearings on UFOs next week. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they should do this instead. Well, he's also saying that Sarah Palin and her nomination as vice president was a consequence of a Russian suggestion along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and of course... That's... Well, you know why? Because they can see her from their house. (laughs) Okay, so yeah. Um, Very, very frustrating. But at the same time, I guess good to know now. Good to keep an eye on the uh, pro-Putin party. Uh, Don Jr. once again today defending Vladimir Putin, saying, why the hell? There's a baby formula shortage. Why are we giving $40 billion or whatever it is to Ukraine? America first. No, it's not America first, They don't need. They don't don't need all that baby formula because (laughs) his pal Putin is going and bombing school buses. That's right. But God damn it. Right? I mean, he's disguising it as America first, but it's Putin first. It's Russia first. Junior knows where his goddamn disgusting bread is buttered. And it's buttered in the Kremlin. That's where yeah. Junior gets his his bread buttered. His uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see what else here. Uh, oh, we're wrapping up the show. That's the music playing us out. So <laughs> I was going to mention. Sure to thank your publicist. Yeah, there was a, uh, I just want to mention here at the end of the show, uh, the Republican Party won a primary with a candidate who was accused of murdering his wife. Yeah. That is in uh, Indiana. And uh, you know what this illustrates for me? Not necessarily more corruption from the Republican Party, although that is a component. What this illustrates for me is, oh my God, the Republicans are a lockstep party. The, yeah. the and, Repo- that, and that guy will probably replace Pence on Trump's ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. I mean, but voters going and uh, electing this guy in a primary, even though he's accused of murder. There's your pro-life party, by the way. Right? I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess they're into life up until uh, the, what, the 400th trimester or something like that? You know, okay. you kill one person, yeah, you know, he was young and experimenting with his life. And... Yeah, it was a youthful indiscretion, Mike. <sighs> God damn. Okay, so yeah, here's it's what... Not, it's, not, it's not like he, uh, you know, went down on his cousin or something. <laughs> Although I wouldn't be surprised, given the status of the Republican Party right now, the projection coming from these a-holes. Uh, all right, so here, programming note for the Shadow Docket coming up next. We're talking Better Call Saul on the uh, Shadow Docket. And why are we doing that? Well, why the fuck not? 
It's a wonderful show. And also, uh, politics is so goddamn grim these days. We try to take a little bit of a breather where we can. And right now, one of the greatest shows in the history of television is wrapping up its sixth and uh, final season. Uh, part one of the final season is happening right now. Uh, Mike and I are going to talk about that because we love the show. Mike, maybe even more than I do. Probably more than I do. In fact, definitely Probably. more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. You've got I'm, the merch. I'm sitting here so. in my Madrigal Electromotive t-shirt. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. I do not have one of those t-shirts. Also, by the way, I'm going to be on the Rush Fans podcast tonight. All right, take care, folks. See you on the Shadow Dog at patreon.com slash Show. Bye-bye.